My headphones sound like shit. Dude, let me see if I can help. Th- yeah. <laughs> Mine don't sound bad. No, it's just Jackson. No, my Dave's headphones sound Do you sound, sound like an bad. alien? Yeah. That's just how it is. Do we all sound like aliens now? Yes. Uh, uh, Mama Mia. Doesn't sound different for me. <laughs> That's so weird. I wonder why it works. You, it, maybe it's your headphones. Oh, I'm fucking with you. My <laughs> headphones oh, you, you sound it, yeah. great. Yeah, I was getting you were water. Getting water like a responsible adult. Being yeah. a good little boy. How many times did I dip my finger in that water? At least twice. Okay. Why did you dip your finger in his water? Just to was, see what it tastes like. Yeah, I was piggy dipping in the piggy pond. <laughs> piggy dipping in the piggy pond! I like it. Castle. <laughs> Morning. Uh, welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. And welcome back to What's Bugging You, where last week we took a swing at wasp. And this week, by God, we're going to take a crack at mosquitoes. And we're going to answer the age-old question, is body hair a proper defense mechanism against mosquitoes? Dave? Hi. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it is. I saw a video that, or a headline that said that it was. I saw a video. That's why I said that. There yeah. was like a video, like it, like some, I'm assuming a guy with like, like 70s body Like hair. Robin Williams-esque. Exactly. Body and hair. like, it just, the, the, uh, the mosquito is just trying its best. I've never sympathized with the mosquito as hard as I did in this situation where I was like, oh, man, he's trying his best. Just give him some blood. <laughs> Just give it to him, man. Yeah, just, just give, give him it to some him. blood. No, I don't think that would work because they can get through like jeans and stuff. Oh, yeah. It depends on where you are. But like in Arkansas, where I have a lot of family, you wear jeans and they have these big black mosquitoes that they just land on your jeans and go straight through. It's a hell. That's I terrible. hate mosquitoes. And it only takes one to make me think that I'm surrounded by them. Yeah. If I see true. see or hear a mosquito, I'm like, oh, my fucking evening's ruined. I didn't actually intentionally want this to be about this. It was just a joke because last week we talked for like 15 minutes about bugs. Yeah. I just dealt with a wasp outside yep. just a little bit ago. Yeah. It's we're pretty... back at your house, so I can't say bad things about the W words because they might hear me and get me on my way out. They will attack you. Mm-hmm. They will end you. There was a huge spider in my house two days ago. I like spiders. They I take don't. care of they take care of the bugs. I like spiders yeah, if they're like. out of the way. Yeah, which they it's almost always TV. are. You, you made friends with a spider on Saturday. Uh, yes, you I don't did. make yeah. friends with spiders. Spider Man. <laughs> and why did you make friends with a spider? I don't know. Uh, there was a spider on the table. There wasn't a, a lot else to do. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, how many legs you got, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't make friends with it. Somebody told me to kill it. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Who told you to kill it? Uh, the person to my left. Oh, I don't okay. know if I should help <laughs> yeah, it. That's, right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Did, did you name it? No. What would you have named it? It probably has a name. I wouldn't do that. And then another spider came up and tried to fight it. Oh, was that like, was actually pretty fun to watch. I was just like, you know what? I mean, that, that seems pretty great. Also, like... I was in its space. Like, I was outside in quote-unquote nature. I was at a party. It's like, I mean, like... Who am I to come up to you and your house and kill you? Are, are you at, were you at a bar? No, no, we were at no. a park. At a park. Oh, but I guess, but I guess that the, then the argument would be like, if a bug comes in your house, uh, should you let it back in, out or should you kill in it? Texas, if you are on my property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just Jackson standing in his yard with a shotgun. <laughs> I look up my lawn spider. <laughs> Yeah, but with ammunition prices, you know. Uh, through the no, it's Texas. You just drive around and people toss free ammunition in your car. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's how it works here. When Everybody who doesn't live here, that's how it works. They I have buy a, lots of ammo and sh- and build things with wood. I put self drive on in my Toyota Corolla, and I <laughs> I put a uh, a little net outside, and I just kind of hold it. And sometimes you, I you put a safari hat on. Yeah, yeah, catch some ammo. When I was a kid, I used to take a tennis racket, tennis racket, and uh, drive down the street on my bike and hit June bugs. Fuck yeah! Yeah, that's what that made me think of. I hate June bugs. So do I. They it was fucking, really fun. They hit your legs, and she's like, God. Fuck you. They just have no concept of personal space. I think they live for like 24 hours. It's something Fucking, that's that would a wild explain existence. why they're so stupid then. Yeah. They're like basically <laughs> Not blind. a lot of time. Yeah. Not a lot of time to learn anything. <laughs> We're talking about bugs, guys. <laughs> it's the Bugs Podcast. You Don't started feed the shit. insects. Did yeah. anybody... Um, did anybody follow any of the Coachella stuff? I did. Weekend was, one happened. It was it, it was fun. It was, Shania Twain and Harry Styles. Harry Styles, first of all, looked like a million bucks. Yeah, I was like, man, he's one sexy beast. Yeah, yeah. And then Shania Twain came out, and that was awesome. The crowd went wild. And then uh, Danny Elfman's set was fucking awesome. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Elfman, so he's like famously a reclusive person. Yeah. And he released his first uh, solo album last year for like of like 36 years, 37 years. Uh, if you don't count his score work, but like solo album, it used to be an Oingo Boingo. Um, and this guy comes out looking like Pete Davidson has his shirt off. He's like 67 or something. And he, he's looking good. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's just like a Hans Zimmer. Uh, if you've ever seen any of his uh, performances where full orchestra and he's doing selections from his songs. What a weird vibe to see him perform the Simpsons theme song. Yeah, and, he and wrote the, that. The he guitar, it, yeah. the guitar player from Limp Bizkit came out and played it with him. It's so. And there was like a weird. bunch of other features that came out the whole time, and they like there was sections of them doing the Simpsons theme because the whole time, uh, Danny Elfman had an electric guitar with him, so yep. he's shirtless conducting the orchestra with Fully electric padded. guitar. Yeah, yeah. And did he, not know that. Did and, not know that either. Yeah. And he's I like just did the same thing. Dave didn't look this up. <laughs> And then like they'll break they'll break into these like these like quote unquote hardcore sections of the Simpsons theme and there's like a drum set player the like, sax solo that Lisa yeah. does it's it's so fucking cool it was like it was definitely one of the coolest like like I would say like the three things that I thought were the coolest were the Shania Twain Danny Elfman and then uh, Damon Albarn coming out for Billie Eilish's set um yeah would you guys ever want to go to a orchestra show like and when I say that like. Let me back up. A composer, someone like Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, or uh, John Williams. Hell yeah. I wouldn't want to see John Williams because I'm just like, ah, yeah, like I don't want to go down memory lane. With the Hans Zimmer and um, uh, Danny Elfman, I'm like, this is so fucking bizarre. I would totally do it, especially if it was like accompanying a movie. You know, sometimes they do the Jurassic Park thing and they play all the music. Yeah. Oh, Danny Elfman, of course, did Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so fucking bizarre. Yeah, it, it was festival. It was so cool. It was it was definitely like there was there, there were some other cool like I, I watched some of uh, Megan Thee Stallion's performance, some of Doja Cat's performance, and they 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 all sounded amazing. They played some like unreleased songs too, um, but and then one of my favorite bands, Lawrence, I totally missed that they were even on the lineup, and they played to like a you know obviously a full crowd, but it was really good for them. Um, but yeah, it was Danny Elfman's set was definitely the coolest thing. So <laughs> you're you're not Hagen, you're not actively ever trying to go to a Coachella, right? No, fuck no. What three bands would have to be playing in order for you to go? I'll put up with that. 
Um, I I honestly I don't know. I think it would I think it would have to be like a like weird reunion situation. Like if them, them crooked if, vultures, if them crooked vultures. <laughs> if they, if, well, but here's the thing: if they play live ever, I will try to do whatever I can to get out there. Them crooked vultures, system of a down, and hmm. the Man, first Foo Fighters show back after Taylor's death. This that is would, like Rock AM Ring. Wrong festival, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say, let's say, like, um, let's say, let, let, let's go real crazy here. Let's say it's um, System of a Down. Let's say it's Them Crooked Vultures, and you let's know. say it's Sarah Bareilles doing Waitress, oh. but at Coachella. <laughs> yes, such a fucking wide <laughs> taste of music. Such a very specific festival. Well, let's get away from the let's get away from the rock thing, and let's yeah yeah, yeah we're we're changing. Co- I asked him a specific question. No, Coachella goes mean, crazy. Like, the tickets though would be like who who's going to that other than Hagen? It's me. Yeah, <laughs> you're more likely to see someone like the the Fugees. Uh, yeah, uh, like what what Rage Against the Machine? Where were yeah. they? Where were they? They were supposed to remember. That's why they got back together. Their tour was going to end at Coachella. The tour didn't happen though, right? Yeah, I know, but you would think they would still play. I would think they're going to do that tour at some point, right? They keep pushing it back. It's in 2023 at this point. Yeah, we are in 2023, Dave. Ah oh, man. <laughs> It's been a weird three years. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> See, did, you did you have to think about it? <laughs> no, because I was the one who said it. I was just like, no, dumb. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird with Coachella, and I guess it is because you do have situations like that. You have Baychella and all that kind of stuff happening. Um, but it, it feels like people are always uh, – like I, I'm looking at like Pitchfork has like a – uh, live updates from Coachella. I'm like, do we really fucking need that? Because they're doing stuff yes. like, uh, like, oh, it's the fun. We- <laughs> the weekend performed. It's like, yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. Okay, yeah, that's boring. <laughs> but what, what what's fun for me is like watching like, like it's more fun than like Grammy updates because it's like yeah. live festival kind of like it's like I hate festival culture now, um, and we'll 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 get into that actually today I think. Um, but like. After like ACL, I was like, I hate this idea of people just like coming to a festival and partying. I don't know why that bothers the ever living shit out of me. That's Coachella, like I know its whole thing. But at the same time, I would like I love going to those kind of festivals to just like sh- to just stage hop and see shit. That's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, you got to be able to turn off that like the judgmental side of you, which everyone I can't. Is. Everybody's <laughs> guilty of it. But yeah, you got to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I just yeah. It's just like I, I was looking at it before we started this, and it's just like a hundred gex's uh, set was cut short at Coachella. I'm just like, okay, yeah, okay. I saw something where Billie Eilish apparently was like, "I shouldn't be here. Beyonce should be here. Like this is this is so crazy." Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> why would why did I don't know? I get it. Beyonce is fucking incredible, but like Billie's fine. I I mean. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that she deserves a headliner spot at Coachella for sure, but she's also, like, a really humble, like, young person. So yeah. it makes sense that she would say that. Yeah, so that's Coachella. We got yeah. one more weekend coming up. Probably nothing too more, much more exciting going to happen. I don't know if that actually does happen between the two weekends. Maybe that does. Like, stuff happens? Well, no. No. I bet, I bet no. stuff happens. No. <laughs> Like, do people, I, like, is that like, oh, they waited till uh, we can do two, uh, we can do, uh, to do uh, the, um, like, Tupac hologram, or do they do that both weekends? Hmm. I, has it always been two weekends? Yeah. I don't know. It, I wonder what they do during the week. Like, do people just stay there? Who, the artists? Oh, yeah, artists or yeah, Most artists will goers. go uh, 
Well, only, you only go one week, and unless you're a celebrity. Mm. Um, Even then, I don't think you go two weekends. I think you like, just go one day. I watched uh, – well, I there was a lot of, like, people that I follow who went for this weekend, and they were, like, after the first day, they were like, I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think – yeah, no, what typically happens is they'll go tour uh, for a week and then come back. So, like, Radiohead, they played ACL one year when Hagen and I saw them, and then they went and did a Mexico tour. Uh, and then came back uh, for the second weekend. Yeah, that's how we saw Young the Giant twice in a week. Yeah. It was because ACL. Yeah, we went to ACL, and then Hagen had such a good time. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about going again. Do you want to go? And I was like, <laughs> sure, why not? So we saw them in Dallas. Did they play the same set? No. No. Because they had a longer set on their headliner yeah, for different. ACL. They played like 45 minutes, something mm. like that. Yeah. And the touring act that they were with did not play ACL. All right. Speaking of festivals, you guys remember that uh, that Questlove movie that came out, Summer of Soul, last year? No, yeah. Never heard of it. Last year in 2020. Dave? One. <laughs> His mouth made the two. His mouth made the two. I almost fucking said two. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, so uh, that it, it won an Oscar. It won a Grammy. Um, and won, Questlove was in Dallas last weekend. Very cool. So, because Questlove was in Dallas last weekend, <laughs> he was yeah for hip hop brunch. Oh, and then he went to Austin for uh, I don't know. He he was he was with some some DJ. Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that. So now the uh, the festival that that movie documentary is based off of, the Harlem Culture Festival, I think that's what it was called. Yeah, uh, is they're basically gonna do it again uh, in 2023. If it'll be a reoccurring thing, we'll see. But that's a really cool thing to see that. Um, you know, this uh, festival that happened in 1969 and has kind of been buried in history up until now is now being brought back in a very seemingly organic and healthy way. Um, so that being said, we thought it would be a good idea for us to watch that documentary and chit-chat a little bit about it. And by God, I'm glad we did. <laughs> I really liked it. Did you guys? I thought it was great. Yeah, that it was, it was very eye-opening. I yeah. think as far as music documentaries go, too, it was a really good example of what they can be because it had some Talking Heads stuff, but a lot of it was just, you know, seeing the actual footage they recovered. Yeah, and I think that, like, I think I knew this, but I always forget about it. Um, but I, I, I tend to like music documentaries with less of the music and more of the talking, especially with, like, this yeah. of, like, having, like, a lot of, like, cultural, like, significance. Every time there was talking, I was like, I'm sucked in. And then when there was like 25 minutes of music, I was like, I'm picking my phone back up again. It was never that bad. No, I know. But, but like, it, like yeah, it, gets, it, it, it struck a pretty good balance of that, especially compared to the Woodstock documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodstock it, documentary, like that. that's what we're going to compare this to over yeah, and over again. because yeah. we've done that episode. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I watched that years ago and knew not to watch it for that episode we did. Um just to mention, uh, this movie, uh, its full title is Summer of Soul, dot, 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 or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. Uh, we can also refer to it as Black Woodstock Doc. Yep. Did you guys see that on the little clapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was directed by um, Amir Thompson, also known as Questlove. It came out last year, June 25th, 2021. Uh, it's just shy of two hours uh it's on disney plus so really easy to see as we said it won these awards uh yeah. it's also on hulu yeah uh there's a little bit of just a little bit of background and then we can just kind of 
talk about it. Yeah, um, I mean, it says it says the Black Woodstock thing on the on the on the clapper at the beginning because that was the original name. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it makes sense. Uh, it, they kind of talk about that at the very end. So this happened. This festival actually happened in the summer of 1969. From what I could tell, what it was like six weeks. They basically yeah yeah it was six weeks yeah, which is like you think of the. Uh, Act, the Woodstock, I almost said actual Woodstock. Um, the w- <laughs> Woodstock, how that was a, what, like three, four days, and yeah. like so compact. And when you see this, it is so well controlled, and it's a very well behaved crowd. Uh, and you just think, wow, if they had, and it was around the same time. Like it starts raining at one point, so like it's <laughs> just like, and they handled it well. Whereas like Woodstock, they're like, I don't know, we could shock them. They could die. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, and and like the like it, when it was raining too, everybody had their umbrellas out, like or protecting everybody else. And, and like, Stevie Wonder did have an umbrella. And if you're curious how that happened, Adam will tell you. No, I won't. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. What the fuck? I don't. I don't remember that spot. <laughs> how do you not remember that? So Stevie Wonder, everyone knows, is blind, and he gets up. He's a very young. I think he said he was around 19 years old at the time, and he's playing. And by that time, he's he's pretty famous. Um. That, I would say it was still cool to see that in the documentary, though. Absolutely. Seeing his performance. Some of the, like, I, I do want to ask that in a bit. Like, who is the performer in this that you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And for me, I think it's got to be Stevie Wonder. But, Stevie like, Wonder. he, he yeah. sits and plays. He's blind. And at some points, he gets up and he's walking around with his microphone. And there's a guy just in a full suit with his fucking <laughs> umbrella following Stevie Wonder around. And I was like, man, you're killing the whole vibe here because Stevie Wonder's in his moment. And this guy, not bopping at all, just like following him with an umbrella. Did you guys see the end credit scene at the very end of the no. whole thing? It my, was my uh, thing kept trying to say, "Hey, you want to watch this? Oh, right, you want to yeah. watch the Olivia Rodrigo one?" <laughs> uh, it was Stevie Wonder standing next to Gene K, who was his band leader, and Stevie's got his hand on his on Gene K's uh, coat, and the guy he looks upset. I think he was the guy holding the umbrella, maybe, and he goes. Stevie, you got me out here, uh, like getting wet. Like my clothes are wet, and he's like, "And now you got you're you're holding on to my clothes. Like this is horrible." He, he goes, "Get away from me!" And then Stevie laughs and goes, "What you mean your clothes? I bought them." <laughs> and then the, and then it cuts off. <laughs> so. That's so fucking. Have you like? I think Chris Rock and Stevie Wonder went on tour together a couple times, and like apparently they're really good friends. And like Chris Rock has like this long-running joke about like i don't think he's blind like i used to put things like i used to put boxes like he has his way to his spot on the stage i used to put boxes there and he would he doesn't have somebody walk him out on stage and he would walk up to the box wouldn't touch it and would walk around and he's like i don't think he's blind no there there a lot of comedians have made have those conspiracies there i think it was uh a bernie mac he he told a story about stevie wonder calling him one day and going have you ever seen a cadillac or something like that. And he's like, no, why? He's like, look out your window. And he looks out his window, and there's Stevie Wonder driving a Cadillac down the road. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that motherfucker is not blind. <laughs> um, yeah, so a, a little bit more background. So this did happen in summer of 1969, same time, or same year of same, Woodstock. Same time period. Same time of year, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, and it was yeah. like, like you know, very close in proximity to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it happened yeah, that, that's in New York thing that's City. That's a good contrast too. Is it was like twenty not, miles away or something? Far. Like that? Yeah, yeah. Something small like that. Yeah. It's in Harlem, New York City. 
uh, the organizer. Uh, so if you remember Woodstock had their Michael Lang, uh, who was very much like that kind of uh, wild personality, very eccentric uh, ideas guy. Think of like an Elon Musk, not really doing the work, but like getting all the credit, right? More, I thought it was more of a like a, a stoner just being like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a festival in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, then, so like an Elon Musk. A bunch Musk. of his friends said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, because it sounds like that for Woodstock, because that's the same shit we did. Where it's that's like fair. a bunch yeah, of like, <laughs> like like dummies like, what if we threw a festival? Can't be that hard. <laughs> so on the opposite end, this organizer, his name uh, is Tony Lawrence, and he basically seemed like a really put together person, uh, really nailed it. That people did say like, oh, he was a talker. He was really he was a deals guy who like he would make promises on the promise of like another half promise and the only way everything would work is if everybody agreed and he pretty much in this situation nailed it yeah they described him as like a good kind of hustler yeah he would just like make promises to one group of people and then like go follow it up with another group to help fund everything that was like i mean moving and shaking he pulled it off because everything seemed to run pretty smoothly for the most part yeah they had maxwell house sponsor it (laughs) it's like coffee place yeah yeah Yeah. so uh yeah that's really all the background i feel like i had uh it's uh so harlem well i think there's one interesting part that like the i don't want to say the city necessarily but nypd didn't want to provide security for this event yeah so they also didn't want nypd to provide they wanted the black panthers to do yeah so the nypd wasn't going to and they also didn't want it so they got the black panthers to provide you know security for the event and it was like that's just another thing about like the the times that this happened in compared to Woodstock or Altamont example. with uh the Hell's Angels and yeah. Rolling yeah, Stones yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know um so if it's not abundantly clear uh this is predominantly it's in Harlem in you know the late 60s it's a predominantly black neighborhood there are is a section of uh Harlem i think it's East Harlem that is a Puerto Rican neighborhood so predominantly colored communities so a lot of the acts almost entirely in that community. So you have your Nina Simone, you have a member of the Temptations right after he had left. You have a lot of those stuff uh, that you kind of think of in that uh, era of like Stevie Wonder, that kind of stuff. So that 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 was a uh, David Ruffin, yeah, doing My Girl, yeah, dude, his vocals, <laughs> crazy. Oh Wild. my god, yeah, that was insane. Why don't we? This was one thing, and I always forget about this, and then this guy's name comes up, and I'm always like, why don't we do this more? Why don't, why doesn't Denton, Texas, hail Sly from uh, Sly and the Family Stone more? He's from here. Is and he from nobody Denton? ever fucking talks about it. Really? Pick up your phones, guys. Check <laughs> it out. Yeah. I just believe you. But It's like the Taylor Hawkins thing. He was born in yeah. Fort Worth, right? Yeah. And he nobody was... ever talks about it. No, well. no, no. no. Every, everyone talked about it. When, okay. Uh, but have you ever heard yeah. of the Sly Stone one? Yeah, I've, heard, not, I've, I've, I've heard of it. No yes. cl- I had no clue. The band's not from here, but he is. I, and yeah, should... I didn't know that. Because, I mean, we promote that, like, Dr. Phil went to UNT. Like, and Nora Jones. Gets a shit about and that. Nora Jones. But honestly, it's probably... Uh, Texas, yeah. and he's black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is such a shame because uh, Sly and the Family Stone is like so rooted in that. Like we're gonna be whoever we want to be. Come along it, with this. It's, it yeah. seems like it seems like he moved at a really young age. But still, still from no, no, here. No, no, no. That's the same shit with Taylor Hawkins, though. I feel very similarly about because Taylor Hawkins did live in Denton for like a year of his life, but he left here when he was four. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's like that's like Denton clamoring on to like no 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 we us first. Yeah. And <laughs> Don Henley nice. and yeah. I I I just imagine Taylor Hawkins at four years old going, 
going to California. <laughs> if people if people care about the birthplace of any famous person, you know, uh, you drive into whatever state, or I think Arkansas is where Bill Clinton's from. Go to well, Memphis. I mean, you're just talking about like like Jack White is from Detroit. Yeah, it's like, but granted, he obviously that's lives there. Like that's part of different. his no, thing. No, 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 yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. They're, they're, they're not going to put that on a sign. Is my point. Like they would for Jack White. There probably is a yeah. sign actually that says "Welcome to Detroit, home of Jack White." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy a house, please. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know that uh, apparently the state of Alabama? I read this on Reddit, so hopefully it's true. Um, <laughs> the state of Alabama paid seventy-five thousand dollars in rights to be able to use the term "Sweet Home Alabama" on their like road signs. I was like, "Damn, these motherfuckers who perform right in front of a Confederate flag every night." They wrote a song about how great Alabama is, and they're like, "Can you pay us? Like, it, like that's the biggest how, honor. How much? Yeah. How, how much money? Seventy-five thousand. Not that much money. It's not much money. But at when all. though? That's like a well-paid well, teacher. At that point, it's just <laughs> like <laughs> for a year. Yeah. At that point, it's like really petty about like we want you to pay us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Dude, I think I think I would do that. <laughs> I think I, I think I would make think, Alabama pay me if that was the case. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. It's just the fact that they seem to be shitheads. On totally. The other yeah. Side. I, I, but like, if I had a song that was but, like, but if Hagen was a shithead and had that, if song, they're like he would Southern Pride, but pay us. Yeah. Okay. It's that's a fair. Shtick. That's fair. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, shtick. Yeah. It's like Kid Rock. Yeah. If, okay. We're we're getting off topic. I'm t- I'm taking away from uh you know an actually you know nice documentary here. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I felt like yeah, I was really wary I was going to go into a Woodstock situation and it was people were only going to be really excited about this because I had never heard of it. That was a huge thing. This but thing the, was buried. When they were waiting for Sly and the Family Stone, there was a point where the crowd looked like it was about to start surging. Yeah. And and the the promoter was like, "We have to stop. You guys have yeah. to stop rushing the stage." And they were like, "Oh, okay." And then they stopped rushing they just the stage. Stopped rushing when, the stage. Uh, but yeah, but then they stopped, especially when Sly walked out, because they yeah. were like, "The fuck is what this? What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that anecdote. The guy is like, "I told you we were suit and tie guys. My friends and me, suit and ties. <laughs> the Temptations. After Sly uh, and the Family Stone, we were not suit and tie guys. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Damn. After he performed, the crowd like looked different. Yeah, I love That's... that lyric in that one song. The so on and so on and Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> did you, that did, gets me. Did you guys recognize it? Because he used it. Jonathan Larson used it in Rent. Used that melody in Rent. Oh, I mean, I just, yeah. I just knew that. Yeah, song. I yeah. did. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> in that one that, song, uh, it's, in, it's in Lovey Bohem. Lovey Bohem. When it went. Uh, it's 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 <laughs> We're when they're going. Off topic again. It's when they're going back and forth. That's that's on topic. That's, okay, that's yeah. related. Yeah. <laughs> it's when they're going around the table and they're all singing their yeah. like, their separate lines. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. We're sisters. Oh, that does sound familiar now, actually. Yeah. Handcrafted beers made in folk local breweries. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that, that's pretty wild, though. And it, uh, watching Sly and the Family Stone was like, holy fuck, this is so cool. I was in between. It's like, it's either Stevie Wonder, because like seeing a young Stevie Wonder, I have like this. Like, I think that that's why that's cooler to I, uh, you yeah. and I, at least, is that it's just like, a, not his like first show or anything, but it's like early days compared to what we know now obviously i have that in image of like stevie wonder with the long hair yeah uh like that's the stevie wonder i know and then i see that i'm like damn that's a fucking marvin gay ass looking dude <laughs> <laughs> like he, that is an attractive man he's a killing drummer too yeah i didn't know he played oh, drums. he, he plays on a lot i didn't of his know that either hits. and then i was like looking up after him like does he do this all the time 
He's fucking shredding, dude. Yeah, yeah I think I I think that the 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 slide in the family stone set was one of my favorites energy wise. But like the the guy they were interviewing about when they walked out and he was like, they you know there's like a white drummer that wasn't supposed to be the case and he was the you're worst. not allowed to do this. He was the worst drummer of the whole the whole festival. I for thought sure. he sounded great. He was not good. Oh <laughs> man, well, had, he had uh, it was Larry Graham was playing bass. Long time, his long time bass player. I, I should, I should, I should say he was a good drummer. He just like he wasn't, he wasn't like as good as everybody else was. Oh yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. The, He was the worst drummer of that of like what we saw. Right, in he was the a good drummer. He yeah. held it down. Yeah, yeah. I've got a drinking game for our listeners. Do you think Lin Manuel Miranda is in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> and do Pause. you? Uh, Go ahead. And do you also think that his papa, his was, papa, was in, his, was in the movie? We'll pause for a moment. If you said yes, do not drink. <laughs> if you are driving, do not drink. <laughs> yeah. So. I fucking I made a note like in my notes like of course fucking Lin Manuel Miranda makes his way into this. Th- that's when I was like Disney did produce this. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. There are some cool performances that like the Nina Simone one like I, you know, I'm not the biggest Nina Simone fan, but I was like this is pretty powerful. Um and then also uh that I hadn't heard of this uh group but Fifth Dimension uh dude the fifth dimension shit was awesome yeah that was like that was so fucking cool they talked about so if you don't know fifth dimension like me uh they are basically they were like a vocal group kind of like a bg's type thing is how i would kind of say it maybe that's wrong but uh that that style of like they were like abba or yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. they were pop pop vocalist at the time and it was all uh african-americans and they basically they were super into this uh style of music but at the time, that was characterized of like, oh, you guys don't sound black enough, is what they were told. And then the white people were like, oh, you're too black for us. So they they sat in this really weird spot, and they had a massive hit uh, at the time. And they just talked about how like how they felt so seen and accepted, and it was such a huge honor for them to be at that uh, festival because it felt like they're like our you know our community sees us yeah, and they yeah. they asked a, a beautiful question uh you know and the they had two uh people uh modern day talking uh who were in the group and uh i think it was the woman in the one of the singers she said how do you color a sound because she was talking about like you know we were told we weren't black enough or we were told we were too black and it's just like how do you color a sound why are we talking about that and i was just like man that's really powerful especially when we're talking about this festival that was just as big as Woodstock that we know and it was just buried they 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 recorded the whole thing and according to this documentary all of this footage sat in the basement until they well, brought it out for this even uh I don't remember if it was in the documentary or the podcast I was into afterwards with Questlove and he was talking about he'd never heard of this yeah. and he's like I'm a historian he is like, a legit like music historian yeah and he's like I'd never fucking heard of this and then he's like Disney came knocking and said hey do you want to make this documentary about black woodstock and he's like what that sounds like a you shouldn't be saying that yeah i'm sorry what What did you say (laughs) well that's it's it's really crazy too that uh that you know the moon landing happened at the same time and like that was so the editing of all that stuff was yeah so good they were asking people at the festival like what do you think about the moon landing and they were like who fucking cares like we have people starving here help us out when you care more about a bringing people to a different planet than saving your own people but then they would fuck they would also they would say like look like technologically that's a great achievement but i don't give a fuck what does that mean for me and i was like you're so right yeah i still doing that shit to this day yeah 
it, it was it was it was a wild like like cultural shock for a number of reasons. I think the one that kept blowing me away the entire time, it makes sense, but it's just like how religious it all was. Yeah. Like everyone kept using like the phrase evangelical, and I'm like that is just like that's I, I wouldn't associate evangelical with any of this, like because evangelical now has like a very different kind of like connotation. Kind of Copeland, they, <laughs> like, yeah. it has a kind of negative connotation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I forget their name, uh, but they had like a you know like a church choir that had a hit. And then they had like the staple singers, yeah. which are very rooted in their religion. And like, I think you and I agree on this, Hagen, that like some of the best choral music is from, you know, the church. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense why a lot of it, like, like why, why they all came from that place in music. It's just crazy to think about the fact that at a huge festival, that is like i mean it, it, that that's just part of the culture that's like that's like steeped in is how religious it all was and it kept coming back as like a thing of like yeah and we were raised in the church and that's why we perform this music and i'm like holy fucking shit like if someone said that now or even at woodstock but especially if someone said that now like i was raised in the church and that's why i'm on this stage i half the room's going to go like what the fuck yeah i mean it still happens all the time especially yeah. like at at baptist churches like those musicians that say, come out yeah, of those the, churches are it, fucking incredible it, it definitely depends on the, the church and the religion itself too yeah yeah it's still it's it's mo it's mostly the church because like it what 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 the takeaway was is that like whatever denomination of christianity they were practicing they always had great musicians come out of there and it still happens today for sure but it's just like it was just a very different thing to be that steeped into the culture uh, i mean and al sharpton uh said he was like well we didn't go to therapy we didn't talk about our feelings we, but we knew how to express ourselves through gospel music yeah yeah, and it's like that fucking makes sense. They were so oppressed, like, yeah. When like Jesse Jackson is like speaking over, I think it was the choir was singing yeah. in the background, and he's just speaking about like how he was there when Martin Luther King Jr. was shot, and I was just like, holy shit! And and he doesn't hold his punches. He's no, like, he was like laying like, there he, with a severed spine, and uh, his face his face off. was blown off. And I was like, holy shit. God damn! Because we're and then we, he's like, we, okay, sing the song. <laughs> yeah, we sanitize that so much. We we know he was murdered, but you don't think about the grisly details of it. Yeah. And it's just like, motherfucker, I was there. Yeah, like this is what it was like. Do not forget it. Yeah, uh, I looked it up. The guy who murdered uh, MLK, uh, the government, fled the the country oh. and went to Canada, and then went to like Peru. And then got caught in uh, London Heathrow Airport, <laughs> and uh, got exported back to the U.S. and had to serve 99 years. That was his sentence. Mm. And then he escaped from prison for three days, and they added another year. They're like, "Fuck you! You get 100 years." <laughs> Look, we don't normally do this, but you get a you get a clean 100. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he tried to like say that it wasn't him, and that it was like a, it was staged. So, like, uh, I think my biggest takeaway from this is, like, um, how privileged I am to be able to go to any festival I want and feel like, oh, you know, like, I'm accepted, I'm safe here, Th these are all my things. And then, like, literally watching a thing that they s they tried to sell uh, this documentary footage at the time because Woodstock was so big that they started to call it under the moniker Black Woodstock. And the point being, like, hey we're going to ride the coattail of that and it didn't work out. And this whole thing of like the reason why they did this is like leading up to this, it was a very turbulent time. MLK uh, Jr. being assassinated. Yeah. A lot of advocates in that community, even JFK. if they weren't. Yeah. JFK. 
Robert Kennedy, all these people who are advocates in that community dying. And then, you know, there being riots and that kind of thing. Um, that's they they kind of were able to push, pitch this six weeks during the summer to be able to say, hey, if you give them something positive, then and, and they've they've proven that if you put you know art in in uh, under like underprivileged uh, community, it helps people's morale. Like it's not going to fix all their problems, but it does help if you give if you make people feel good in the place that they live. It's going to help. So like this was a great thing but like i couldn't help but think like i can just go to any any festival i want if i if i feel like i'm overworked at work i can look at the festival docket pick one and then go and in this situation i i like to think we're better now but at that time it's just like a lot of these people probably didn't have the opportunity or felt comfortable going to woodstock well yeah and when they showed the footage of that journalist who was the one of the first people to to break the segregation at that university yep. and they're like interviewing the white kids on campus. Like, what do you think about this, this uh, black couple coming to school here? And they were like, it's fine. As long as they don't let them stay in the dorms. They don't miss like, a beat. They don't yeah. even like sit like, a, mm, should I say this? They just yeah. like, boom, boom, racist, just spewing hate. I fucking, it floors me. Yeah. But like, it was just like, and the positivity in that crowd, like it, 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 they, it's, I think that's I think that's the bigger takeaway. I think yeah. our privilege is 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 in steeped in it, it should be in our brain forever. I don't think I don't think the intention is for white people to watch this documentary and to go like fuck I'm privileged. No. The intention is for everybody to watch this and go like holy fuck this is what a festival should be. This is what music should be about. This is what like culture should be about. It's not it's like like it so much so much was happening and like the context of the festival is a huge part of why it, it is so important but i think that like the fact that they like we said we're listening to whenever the organizer was like whoa 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 slow down but they were still having a great time i think the best descriptor that they had was like it's like a barbecue on a saturday yeah like it was like it was like everybody brought their grills you could just smell chicken being cooked everywhere and everybody was like they everybody was helping everybody out and there was not any i there, like everybody was there for the music and the camaraderie like the community I was say, it was the community was like the primary like core of the whole yeah thing. and that's that's the biggest like I, I i i finished watching it like kind of like when it was done i was like and, and and the guy he was interviewing started crying i was like oh, oh that was so powerful wow like i i and it, it just like kind of stopped shortly after that and i'm just like i i think i like I was really happy and now I'm just like kind of st like sitting here like with my emotions, but like, it really was just like all around like a positive experience. You know, obviously the cultural things around it make it more important, but the way that the people, the organizers, everybody was just like, fuck yeah. Music festival community is amazing. When does a music documentary make you think hardly ever. And I don't, I don't want to say exactly what happens, but they have a really good bookends you know what yeah. Hagen was just referring to and i don't want to spoil it for anybody who is going to go watch it because that was so powerful i didn't know why they were talking to this guy and then they really wrap up his segment well and i was just like holy shit but yeah i think that's Beautiful. why i would say this is one of the better music documentaries because it can do that and it's not just like here is a historical document showing like these performances and the interviews and whatever it's, it's got more to it. Than but it's yeah. also got that. If you're, it if does you have, have if your yeah. dad's super yeah. into Stevie wonder, tell him to go watch this. He will like this. 
it regardless of the fact that they do pepper in the like context which woodstock yeah. did not do no and not at I, all i do think it's cool too that a lot of people will probably see this because it's on disney plus and hulu yeah and it won a grammy or an oscar too like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's getting so much attention and it hopefully more people see it than have ever would have had the chance to hear about this festival in the first place right so right one, one of the craziest moments for me was seeing the the an appearance by sal masakela he was a guy that used to do commentary for the x games and so i was like oh that's that guy that used to announce for the x games and he was like my dad performed at this festival oh shit that and was he him? was like he was like my dad escaped apartheid in south oh, africa yeah that was yeah. crazy yeah and i'm like holy fuck that's two generations we yeah. are not far from that no it really no. put the timeline in perspective for me i was like no fuck but i, I agree with you Hagen. like i think like yeah, you have this really tumultuous time period in this community that led to like, hey, here is a great relief. Here is a break from that. Here is like, you know, today we go see a movie to try and just take yeah. a break. And like, but it doesn't have to be that loaded. Like it can be a simple go next festival you go to. I would argue next festival you go to try and keep in your mind. Every person there paid $300 to be there. And the reason that they're there is not because they want to see Major Laser. They're there because they work just as hard as you. You all work and everyone deserves a break. And if you can be like, if you know, you're an indie head like me and like you have a bro in front of you, try and keep it in mind that bro works just as hard as you just because yeah. he's, you know, not as into the thing as you are. Everyone needs that break. And I, and I want I want to like also say that like it it's not it's not that this movie shouldn't make you think and feel certain ways especially as like if if you are a white person you should feel certain ways about this. But like I I I'm speaking for all of us when I say we all are, are very aware of our white privilege yeah. and we all are aware of history. So watching this documentary for me whenever those things it was just more like context to how more how much more beautiful the community and the people were to be like let's fucking watch stevie wonder and be like fuck yeah this is awesome and like yeah. everyone kind of being like iffy about sly and the family stone and then he kills it and then what's or the like guys mongo santa maria playing yeah. and it's like straight up cuban music yeah it was so cool <laughs> yeah. and then like and then what was the what was the name of the the the, the singer from the temptations what was his name uh, uh dave ruffin David, yeah, David yeah. Ruffin. I mean, like that was like, I mean, like the 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 the, the range the range of musical talent <laughs> yeah. is like it was, <laughs> it was it was really incredible it and was incredible. Pe- it was incredible, <laughs> <laughs> and and the people who were there, the festival goers. I mean, like like the 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 one woman who was just like, I had to lie to my parents. Yep. We had to like walk you know do blocks. to yes. walk ten blocks, and then we were in the front row the whole time. And I then, love seeing the and kids. then showed up on the news. Later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The concert footage comes out, and the yeah. mother's like, "You were that's you. You you fucking lied to me." This yeah. is before like people had like you had the barriers in between the crowd and the stage. So like so often you're watching this like phenomenal performer up there. You'll have BB King up there, and you just have these two kids who are obviously friends with the, who just have their heads sitting on the edge of it, just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, like they're, they're clearly they just stumble upon this. They don't give a shit about music. They're just kids. Like yeah. I'm talking like ten year olds. And and so like, huh? on 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 BB King, I, I think that sometimes I start I, I like like I just genuinely hate blues like i'm like this is so fucking annoying <laughs> it is but bb king I, I was like there. i was like yo this is fucking awesome but don't go and listen to no, the no, recorded no, no, no. music no i know you but you have to watch it live but it's, it's like fish or grateful dead fish still sucks yeah but, <laughs> and grateful dead sucks <laughs> but but i i think that there's something like like 
<laughs> all the all the people now who just exclusively play guitar to play the blues, I'm like, you're missing the entire point. Like watching BB King, it's always nice to get that refresher because I frequently like we we deal with people a lot, Dave, who like want to come and learn to play the blues. Yeah, and it's like you're missing the point of all of this. Yeah, but also it's the like, thing, dude, that... you have a fucking yacht. Like, <laughs> you're never gonna sound it's good playing. Always the, blues. the fucking yacht golfers who are yeah. like, <laughs> you ever you're... listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah, you ever listen to good music? Yeah, it's like you're a fucking retired pilot, dude. You're not going to fucking learn to play the blues. Yeah, I think I, I think the other thing that was interesting about the audience that I truly loved is that it's a, it was a clear, like, like reminder. Like, obviously, it was in 69, but it was every time a camera was on a person and they noticed, they would light the fuck up. Like, the, hi, Like the kids? Hi. That was the cutest yeah. thing. They were like, this is amazing. Yeah, Love it's that. like a clear, like, time. Photo like, bombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was I awesome. I saw, like, at least in one situation where the camera panned saw a kid like look back and then somebody's in front of him in the shot and he does one of those like <laughs> goes over so he's in shot side, like yeah. smirking i was like hell yeah <laughs> that's awesome They're, we're gonna find like cave drawings with photo bombs i'm telling you yeah 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 that's really all i had i think it's definitely worth it i think it's uh, a lot better than most musical documentaries yeah and I, for that reason i'm interested in what other documentaries that you know are going to get made as a result but by this team probably mostly at I least wonder Quest if Questlove Love will like he, uh, I hope so. so he has five projects he mentioned on this podcast I was doing after the fact with the uh, Directors Guild of America they do a director interviews another director when a movie comes out kind of thing and he was saying he's got five projects lined up one of them is about the Family Stone cool the, whole, the band's like career basically Fuck. that's awesome and it's got a bunch of footage that they've never nobody's ever seen yeah and this was apparently supposed to be like their rehearsal set for woodstock oh interesting was okay. how they were treating it so interesting yeah i mean it's it's uh it, it's I, I hope that there's going to be more um i just got on like a bit really big quest love kick i was like just watching a bunch of fun quest love stuff after quest love kick did you buy a quest love kick it's funny actually the 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 new drum set that he's playing uh on jimmy fallon looks like the drum set that i ordered i noticed that <laughs> <laughs> Did I, you did you watch Dorothea? Go uh, on? yeah, yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, this is the year of the talk show bands. Yeah, 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 it is though. Yeah, I yeah. mean, good. They're all fucking amazing. Like oh, they're all Quest like deserves it. Yeah, John, John Batiste, Batiste. Yeah, deserves it. Yep. Anything you guys got any thoughts on this before we wrap the episode up? Uh, I I think like uh, truly I think that this is a reminder of like why like. I want why would I would go to a festival the shit like that like Woodstock is not a reminder of like why I like festivals this I, is a reminder of why I like festivals dude I gotta say thank you for making that point because I was I only felt guilty after watching that I was like that was fucking incredible but the overarching feeling I had was like I fucking hate white people yeah I mean it's easy to do that every, I know every but, day we live it's easy to look out and go yeah. like wow fucking white people fucking fuck racists like especially looking back at, it at that time but I mean like I mean there's just so much positivity and really like like especially with like keeping up with Coachella this weekend as it's happening and then ending the weekend watching this documentary, I was like, yeah. I like festivals and I like that people get excited about silly things like Shania Twain walking out with Harry Styles. <laughs> and I like that people get like excited and confused about Sly and the Family Stone walking out. Like they're not wearing suits. What the fuck is this? Holy shit. It's amazing. Like that's, he doesn't have of, on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the kind of shit that I, I truly like that. That's why I love festivals. So yeah. You guys got anything? No. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've said it. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, how, um, uh, how many, 
stages out of ten would you give it? No, how many? Yeah, you're better. You want to still still want to do burrows? How many burrows out of five? You still want to do burrows because it's in New York? Because it's in New York City. Okay, okay. Five burrows out of five. Five out of five. Yeah. I'd give it a four or five, yeah. If we're if we're going specific, I'm gonna go four point five. Then we can give him the four good burrows. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna ask what's the bad burrow. <laughs> um, the only reason I would dock a point is just because, like, yeah, if you, I do think someone like my dad who doesn't care about uh, music documentaries would enjoy this, but I do think during certain like the sly part, I think he might get bored because, like, I think that's the longest stretch, yeah, uh, of just straight musical footage, and I think that can easily lose you like i try not to pick up my phone when i'm watching I thought, things i thought gladys knights was the longest it was amazing but it was yeah. it felt so long i think that's fair um i just i, I love mavis staples so yeah, i thought that, yeah. that was really yeah. nice it was, it was so intense yeah when yeah. uh they had what was her name uh is it like the gospel singer the, yeah i wrote yeah. it down yeah she yeah. she she was so good and then she handed the mic back it was so good oh yeah. my god <laughs> yeah that was that was an interesting like Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, ah, I guess you had to be there. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. I see the emotion, but like musically, you're losing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I see the emotion. I mean, they, they did a good job though, because that's the only real part that happens. And there, there could have been so many. Yeah. Just given how many like hours of footage they had and how long this festival was, there could have been a lot of moments where we all would have checked out and been like, well, yes, that six must, weeks must have been cool to be there, but I don't care about like whatever right. comedian or whatever was performing the, so. the, the final point i'll make is actually uh, like like I, I didn't understand how long set times were and how long like no. like I, I i thought that was weird yeah felt like the temptations guy came out for one song and then, and then yeah, yeah i think <laughs> they just they did they edited it that way i think they I, showed I, the I last song there's some of that but there some were them, also some people who only played 15 minutes and there's some people that they showed them play two or three songs so that that's why I was genuinely so like like when like the with the Stevie Wonder at the beginning I was like okay so does that all and then it goes back and I was like so that wasn't it so right. how does yeah. this work it's not <laughs> raining anymore <laughs> I mean the Woodstock documentaries kind of did that too yeah yeah for sure um, time it, is funny yeah they had trouble like getting artists to commit to the festival too because it was like is it gonna work yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, funny thing to that too apparently Jimi Hendrix wanted to perform and they said no. Yeah, fuck you. Because he's about to do Woodstock. <laughs> no, because they were just like, we don't think you are a good fit for this festival. Damn, which is really there's strange. A radius there's radius a radius clause. Radius clause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would so have he, to look at He performed the... uh, after parties every week. Oh, really? Okay. So and he was, was in the area. Consolation for it. So. I mean, he was at Woodstock, so yeah, yeah. he was just hanging around. Yeah. I would have to see the full lineup, but like, yeah, I'm curious if that if we saw the full uh, lineup, if we would agree like that. Was, like, oh, maybe Nina Simone was like the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to what we're listening to. Yeah. Um, I have been listening to uh, this gent band called Monuments. Um, they're mostly uh, in the UK, but um, they released a new album called In Stasis, and the, they got a new singer. His name's Andy Sizik, and he's in a band called Makari that I really like. Incredible singer. Um, never heard him scream before. He screams in this. There's a lot of really like great features on here. Mick Gordon is on this twice. Mick Gordon is the guy who did the Doom soundtrack. If you haven't listened to the Doom soundtrack, it's I mean it is just metal straight through. Um, and then Spencer Satello uh, from Periphery's on here too as a feature. But I mean it's just a it's just a really great album through and through. It's not like it has like your cliched kind of genty moments, but then like there's a lot of a lot of like choruses that end on major chords. It's these awesome resolutions to all this crazy tension. Uh, I've been listening to the new Alec Benjamin record, Uncommentary. 
uh, I didn't. I had heard about him a little bit, but Dawes posted about it, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna check that out." And then John Mayer posted about it. I was like, "Fuck, I really got to listen to this." <laughs> it's pretty good. Man, that's a very Dave thing you just said there. I know. Um, I've been listening to. Uh, I did check out the soundtrack for Summer of Soul, where they gave a lot more of the performances than we got in the movie. But then also, mainly what I've been listening to is uh, the Linda Lindas released their. Uh, yeah. Full length record growing up. And if you don't know who they are, uh, you probably saw a video uh, last year that went viral where uh, this uh, teenage rock band, punk band, uh, was performing. not even all teenagers. Some okay. of them, like, I, th- I think the drummer was like eight or nine in the video. Okay. Oh. So, like, kids yeah. uh, in like a library playing a song that they wrote called Racist Sexist Boy. Uh, they released a full album and, like, man. It's on Epitaph Records. They like really fucking nailed it. They these are some really catchy like Veruca Salt type stuff. Um, it's awesome. It's really fun. I hope I get to see them at when we were young fest. I hope that they're not playing the same time as MCR. Yeah. Nice. Album. I've uh, just got. I've been listening to the two new songs by Arcade Fire. Their next album comes out in a month. Light one and light two. Lightning something, I think. Yeah, yeah something like that. Lightning the, McQueen? It, I'm sorry, their... Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> looking at the uh, the track list for their n- new album, it's very weird to me because it's got different order for digital and CD and vinyl. Hmm. That's a very Arcade Fire thing to do, It though. seems like it's just being weird for the sake of being weird, though, and I kind of passed dealing with gimmicks from bands in <laughs> that regard. But uh, the music is good. I kind of like it. It feels a little bit more of a return to their older stuff than they've gotten into recently so i think we'll that's see a, how that is but. i think that's a band that like i think their music i really love their music uh, i can find merit in almost everything they do but i agree with you that like i don't think they've aged well in the gimmick sense where yeah. it's just like hey don't do that you don't just have to perform. have every album be a, a bit i like, saw them right it can just be the album I saw them on a, like a stadium tour, and I don't think they're a stadium band. And they perform; they're like we're performing Wasn't that in the part round. Of that album though was yes. that they were a stadium band for that album or something. But when you're at a stadium that is criminally undersold, you yeah. feel it as an audience member. <laughs> yeah, but they're sound, like, sounds worse. Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, we're performing in the round, and they acted like they were like boxers, and like came out and performed in the center of the stadium. I was like y'all don't need to do this. Like your music doesn't sound like this. Just fucking play in a corner and blow my mind. That's all I need. Yeah. I also checked out that Sun Lux uh, score he did. What was the movie? Oh, everything, everywhere, all at yeah. once. Yeah. I listened to a little bit of it. We have to watch give it that more movie. Of a chance. Yeah, I want to watch the that movie. The movie's great. Yeah. want to watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Hagen had to fucking put his dogs up. I really wanted to go see that movie, but he's like, I gotta go let my dog. We weren't out. gonna go see the movie anyway. We were gonna go see the movie. We weren't gonna go see the movie. Yeah, okay. Hagen's gonna go back to Dallas today and go see it. <laughs> That's Please. right. That's right. Anybody got anything else? Nope. So this Friday, April twenty second, we moniker are releasing a new album, EP, whatever the fuck you wanna call it, called Limbo on all streaming services and on april 23rd saturday april 23rd we will be doing a album release show at harvest house in denton we play at 10 p.m but get there early infamous at 9 p.m laurel ik closing the night at 11 p.m and it's two bucks to get in it's gonna be a great time we have limited merch uh yeah I'm my super, dog will be there i'm super excited really mm-hmm. are they letting you bring your dog in late what do you mean uh, Harvest House has a whole thing about he's no playing. dogs. That... I'm playing, dude. Is, is, uh, are they he's in be, the band. Is he going to be on stage? Yeah. Then that's okay. I'm going to get in some he's little earmuffs. He's manager. You should, you, should, you should text Alex. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, but you gotta get a little uh, special badge that says, you know, festival runner or whatever. (laughs) If you follow the band moniker MNKR on Instagram, you can find any updates on this. Uh, We talk about these limited edition shirts and stuff like that. You can see what they actually look like. I've worked my ass off on them. Yeah. So, uh, just give me a like. You actually quit your job so you could do those. That's right. That's right. I've been embroidering for four weeks. Yeah. Go, go, go follow us, MNKR Band on Instagram. Um, But then, uh, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate that. And if you haven't watched Summer of Soul, please go watch it. It is an incredible documentary. Um, And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe on whatever podcast app you are using. Uh, You can email us or DM us. Uh, You can email us at uh, there's lots of cups on the table at don'tfeedtheartist.com. Okay, never mind. One of our a, one of our listeners emailed and, and the email address was you didn't mention my favorite song at don'tfeedtheartist.com. I like yeah, the people good. are using it. That's yeah, great. I that's love great. that. Um, so you can email us there. You can also DM us on Instagram. You can drop a follow on Instagram too. DFTA podcast on Instagram. DM us. We are we are ready for the messages. We're not going to miss anymore. We promise. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, anybody got anything else? I ain't no. promising shit. I ain't promising no shit. Yep. <laughs> All right. Fuck off. Give me a towel. Or a mosquito. Yeah.